0: Welcome to another inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will empower and inspire you. If you have a Bible near you, uh, could you turn with me this evening to the book of Isaiah and chapter nine. If you don't have a Bible, then this verse will come up on the screen. And it's Isaiah chapter nine and verse six. It says, For a child is born to us. And a Son is given to us. And the government will rest on His shoulders and He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of His ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. In verse six, it says, He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Everlasting Father. You know, when it comes to family, family's a little bit complicated, isn't it? Especially when you get to Christmas, you come face to face with the fact that family is just a little bit, complicated anyone know what I mean uh, uh, my mother's family is a big family they're literally called the jellymans and there are there are eight of them eight I have eight aunties and uncles eight of them and then of course they all married and had you know Children And so when we got together at Christmas when I was a kid, family was complicated. Firstly, there were just so many of us. We were were the only family to live outside of the city of Rotorua. So we would come down from Rotorua to Auckland for Christmas. We'd have all of our cousins there. Second thing is that ours was the only part of the family that had found Jesus. So everybody else was, you know, partying through Christmas, you know what I'm saying? And I, I, I had the inappropriate uncle, you know, he, he was he was married into the family, but you know, he was the guy talking about things that he shouldn't have, telling the nieces and nephews inappropriate stuff for their age level. You know what I'm talking about? Offering them things in their drink that he shouldn't have been offering them. I had the inappropriate uncle. I, I had the loud auntie. Anybody got the loud auntie? Yeah. In fact, in my family, just everybody's loud. So it's... I have more than one loud auntie. They were all loud aunties. Everybody's loud. Uh, And and everybody's, you know, everybody's got an opinion. And we we would all get together at Christmas time and there was all these family dynamics and stuff going down. And there'd be, you know, this marriage here and that cousin with a problem over here. And family, it's just complicated. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? And Christmas just brings you straight smack, confronts you with the reality Family is just a complicated deal. Um, and then on top of that complication, our relationship with our Father, you know, this is complicated as well. It has complications too. In fact, in our time, the word Father has become a, a controversial word because everybody's got a different experience or lack of experience when it comes to this thing that we call Father. Many people don't have a father or have had bad experiences of their father. And so when we dive into our text tonight and we're, we're here to talk about unwrapping Christmas, taking layers of Christmas and getting to the essence of what Christmas is really all about, we are presented with a confrontational aspect of what Jesus came to bring when we read that one of Jesus's titles, was to be called everlasting father. This is amazing because no matter what your experiences have been like or the controversy of our current age or the absence of fathers or the, the, the poor experiences people have had of fathers, God makes this ridiculous and bold announcement. He, He's not backwards coming forwards. When God introduces the topic of Jesus, He says straight up, hey, you need to know He is going to be called an everlasting Father. So there's clearly something that God is saying, no matter what your bad experiences, no matter what the the brand annotations there might be, I'm going to confront this. I'm I'm so interested in this that we're not going to find another label or a workaround We're going to buy this label back. I am your everlasting Father. This clearly matters to God. And so therefore, friends, when we're kind of looking at the gift of Jesus and what He brought to our lives, it's so important that we consider that the gift of Christmas is the gift of an everlasting Father. Um, Earlier this year, I I took my children uh, to the Sistine Chapel and, and I consider that to be the most beautiful room in all the world. I don't know if you've ever had the privilege of being there yet, I pray that you will one day, but it's just this amazing room that Michelangelo painted every wall and the ceiling of out of devotion and worship. And so when you walk into this room, even this, even though there are people just constantly saying, shh, 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 you know, that they would have no, sh- I, I always laugh when I go in there because first thing about the Sistine Chapel is it's a packed out church. And so so it reminds me a lot of home. You know what I'm talking about, and uh, and then there are these people everywhere. Literally, just they don't say anything. They just go shh, shh. You know, and I always think to myself like, "Good luck at a rise, buddy." You know what I mean, like. You just you're just going to be out of place. I personally think they're going to get to heaven and be deeply, deeply frustrated by the volume. You know, I don't believe for a second heaven's going to be quiet. You know, heaven's going to be loud, so they can sh- you all you want. But God is not the God is the yeah. You know what I'm doing? In fact, the Bible records half an hour of silence in heaven because it's so exceptional. It's not. God is in the family, God's in the people, and God's in the joy, and I believe God's in the party. And if you believe that, give me a little yeah, right? We're at a rise tonight, right? God, God is in the, and I'm in this room And I had the privilege of being to the Sistine Chapel twice. Julian and I went there in 1998 and we got to go there again now. And this room has been completely renovated. And what what happened with the Sistine Chapel was that uh, the, the pictures on the wall had been known in a particular light. And people had seen them, and when you saw the colors on the walls, it had blues, but the hue of the blue was fairly gray, and it had had, you know, outlines of bodies, but the the bodies looked very dull. And people, because photography is a new creation, people had become convinced that the painting Michelangelo had done was somehow. As dull or bland, or that God was somehow seen by the painter as being, you know, this 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 bland or, or, or even austere figure. The imagery of the painting conjured up a perception in people's minds. But then along came the restorers and they they lovingly and they painstakingly just began to just work with their magic solutions and they removed the layers that had been built up over years because just like photography is new, so lighting is new. Before the light bulb, they used to light that chapel with candles and all of the soot from the candles had built up over centuries and created layers on the paintings. And so they they brushed it away and they, they used their solutions and they, they magically got it all to disappear to reveal the true hue of the colors, the true vibrancy of what had been painted. And they discovered that Michelangelo did not paint blues that were insipid or gray or bland, but they were vibrant, that, that the yellows were singing with life and that the picture he painted with God, of God was one that was warm and it drew you towards Him and captivated the, the, the watcher and, and compelled you to think of life and energy and vibrancy. And, and I guess as it is with Michelangelo's paintings, so it can be of you and me when we're thinking about God and we're thinking about this word, Father, because religion and life experiences can add layers to it. Do you know what I'm talking about? It can, it can put soot and grime and, and gunge and residue on top of the image of our God and on top of the reality of a father in heaven and can lead you and I to be uh, persuaded that God is austere or bland or removed or uncaring, that somehow your experience of your father in heaven is gonna emulate the experience you've had of maybe some kind of father figure here on earth. But we're here to declare in this unwrapping Christmas series that the God that we worship is not like the experiences we've had of people here on earth, that our God is a Father in heaven, an everlasting Father. And when we think of, of God and of church, we can easily start to think of religion, but God doesn't think of that. He thinks of relationship. We, we can think of a God who was removed. Maybe your father was removed and somehow checked out like he was in the house, but never connected with you emotionally. But you got to know that your Father in Heaven is not removed. He's involved. Maybe maybe you had a dad who was waving a stick, you know, or, or, or a chant or something, you know. But but the God of the Bible is not waving a stick. People think of Him like that, but He's not. God's not waving the stick. He's waving His hands. He's drawing people to Him. He, he's, not, he's not there. He's not like Bruce Almighty said, the Almighty smiter. Do you remember Bruce Almighty? I love every Jim Carrey movie in the early days. You know, before, I don't know, before he tried to go serious. But, you know, in the early days when he did all those movies and, you know, he, he, he said, smite me, oh mighty smiter. And we know about God that He's not the mighty smiter. He is our everlasting Father. That's, that's who He is. Yeah, it's amazing. Give God some praise together tonight. And when we come to Christmas, it's so important that we can differentiate between the wood and the chaff or the extras and the real essence. And when we're unwrapping Christmas, guys, let's get it straight. The reason for Christmas is Jesus. That's why we're here. We are here to celebrate the birth of God's own Son, the gift of God's own Son into the world. And God said, when you connect with Jesus, you're gonna say about Him, we talked about it this morning, that He is your Emmanuel, that He's the God who's with you and the second thing that you're gonna say is that he, he came to reveal an everlasting Father. See, what's amazing about Jesus is that before Jesus, the Bible records God being referred to as a Father less than a handful of times. Yet, in the four Gospels that describe for us the life of Jesus, Jesus called God the Father 150 times. In fact, Jesus basically only ever called God the Father. Because when Jesus came, He came to reveal to us something about God that maybe people didn't even know or was right, right, right at the very bottom of their understanding of what God was all about. And Jesus said, I want to lift it to the number one consideration that you have about your God and what Christmas really means and about the gift of God's relationship that He offers to you and me. He said, let's get it straight, guys. God is not removed, austere, He's not a God of religion. He's not a God with a stick. He's not waving a stick, He's waving His hand. He's not removed, He is involved. He's a God who cares about you. He is a God who says, hey, when you think of me, you can think of me as your everlasting Father. That is an amazing thought to consider, that God is our Father. One day the disciples said to Jesus, they said, hey, could you teach us how you pray? We've we've watched your life. We've watched your intimacy with God. We've seen how you do stuff. And you know, we would just love it. Could you teach us how to connect with God like you do? And Jesus said, well, when you start that journey, Here's how you should pray. And you know, it's on movies. It's everywhere. Even if you're not a church person tonight, you would have definitely heard these words. He said, when you pray, say, our, say it with me. Come on, everywhere from Hamilton to Dunedin and everywhere in between. Say it, our, Our. who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. You know the rest of it. In the first two words, Jesus rocked their world. I mean, now maybe you've been around church for a little bit and you have become accustomed to Christians using the word Father. In fact, we, we launched the new Christmas carol tonight and uh, that our band wrote. I don't think we should give them a big clap. It's amazing. I'm not sure where it goes everywhere, but... Uh, we sang it here in Wellington tonight, often a, a guinea pig here in Wellington for the good and the bad, you know? And, and uh, in the song, it talked about God. We did it everywhere. It talks about God as our Father and you can be accustomed to it. But when Jesus said it, He said something no one had ever heard anybody ever say before. When He announced and He said, when you pray, you start by saying our Father. That was it. The disciples were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We've heard you talk about God and call Him your Father. Are you saying that we get to call God our Father too? And He showed us so much about the heartbeat of God. And I I don't know if I can get it into you deep enough tonight that God wants you and I to know that He is not just a, 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 a figure in heaven. He's not just an almighty God. He wants you to come to Him and He wants you to say to Him, our Father. In fact, the book of Romans talks about our relationship with God and what happens when any person discovers a relationship with Him. And, and if you're in this room tonight and you have yet to have the privilege of discovering your own personal relationship with Jesus, I want you to know that it is the most impacting thing that can happen to you. And the Bible talks about that experience or exchange when God comes to your life and you start to connect with Him and you know now that you have your own relationship with God. That's the most transformational thing that ever happens to anybody, anywhere. If you've had that experience, could you agree with me tonight? And the Bible says that when we receive that moment, that we receive a spirit of adoption by which we get to cry, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. And that's not the band, you know, from the 70s with flares and, you know, singing about a dancing queen. The word Abba literally means daddy. In other words, when you think about God as your everlasting father, you're not even, you know, just bound to speak of Him in a formal setting, in, in a formal regard, He's not her father, you know. He is dad, daddy. He is a God who is intimately involved and acquainted and wants to have something of a familiar relationship with those who are His children. And as we're unwrapping Christmas, let's just unwrap this great gift and say, you know what? No matter what life's gifted you in the past or even in the present or whatever kind of family peculiarities, complexities, challenges, or dysfunctions, you feel life has served up to you. Everybody hearing this message, let's get it straight. God gives you and me an invitation. He says, I wanna be your everlasting Father. That's the heartbeat of God. He wants you and I to be part of His family. In Luke 11, uh, verse 11, it says, you fathers, and Jesus is talking uh, to people, and He says, if your children ask for fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Well, that's a big bait and switch. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know. Are they on the same list? I'm not, not sure. Of course not. So if you, and, and just hear this without getting offended. He says, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, then how much more will your heavenly Father Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. In other words, Jesus is saying, look, you know, there's a lot of great dads out there. That's what He's saying. He's saying, but even you great dads, you're acutely aware that you're not a perfect dad. I mean, I've been a father for 12 years. I have two children, and I hope I'm a good dad, but I certainly know that I'm not a perfect dad. I have to apologize to my children. I lose my temper sometimes. They frustrate me. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I have to discipline them. And sometimes I just lapse into the trap of disciplining them, you know. And, and in the middle of walking this journey, I think I'm above average. I, or certainly, I think I'm, I'm at average. I do okay at this thing. But Jesus is saying, even though you guys and your good fathers, but, you know, you're sinful, you're flawed, you're less than perfect, You know how to give a good gift to your kid. Well, how much more does your Father in heaven, who's never had a bad hair day, never been overcome by the stress of his job, never worked a 70-hour week and then tried to do a sporting trip on a Saturday morning, you know, who's never had to get, you know, children to go to church who can't find two shoes. And, you know, uh, even though, you know, your Father in heaven is not limited, He's not finite, He's not bound. And listen, when you come to Him, you're coming to a God who is able to look after His kids. He is your eternal Father. It's amazing, isn't it? You know, I think we just got to get it straight, guys, and just just fess up to an ideal. And we live in a society that doesn't always like them. But let's just get it straight and just say, it it is a blessing to have a great father and to know your dad. It is. It is. And I don't think we can walk that back. But you know, of greater consequence to anything that you and I might just be facing and what we desire to have but have never had is just this overwhelming truth that it doesn't matter what's happened to you in this life so far, God's great invitation is, hey, I want to be your father. I want to be your father. That's what God is saying. I want to be your everlasting Father. I want to walk with you. I want to support you. I want to give you advice. I want to pick you up when you fall down. I want to comfort you when life throws things your way. And I want to shelter you when things are presented to you that shouldn't be presented. I want to be there. I want to be the gate. I want to be the shepherd. I want to be your Father. That's amazing, eh? The other night, I walked into, uh, we have a room backstage. No matter where, we're having church in Wellington. We move around a lot in this campus. And I walked backstage uh, after a service, and it was the final service for the morning or the evening. I can't remember which. And uh, so what happens is at the end of of the service, Somebody kindly takes my children from the children's program. Otherwise, they're kind of like baggage left on the conveyor belt, you know, that nobody claimed as they're, that they're staying in the children's program for so long, you know. Mom and dad are out there talking to people in the foyer. And, and so somebody kindly picks them up from the children's program for us. And they take them to this room backstage. And we call it the green room. And we we have it just basically so that my children can have somewhere to chill for half an hour. And, and, and I go back there and I grab them and when I walked in the room this was about a month ago, when I walked in the room, my son will who's just turned 10, he was sitting in a chair and, and he had his hands folded behind his back and he had one knee crossed across his other knee and he was leaning back his t-shirt was lifted up you know his little belly was showing you know he's still bulletproof you know he's got just just skin and bone and muscle and and he was just he was talking but if you've met my son will, he doesn't talk, he yells so he has. He has two volumes whisper and hey you know so so Will is talking but he's not talking he's yelling cuz yelling is talking you know what I'm saying and and he's like yeah you know you know bah, 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 bah. and he's lecturing all the other pastors kids that are gathered around in this little room and and I walked into this room and I thought oh my lord I am looking at me that's what I'm looking at <laughs> the good the bad and the ugly but I am looking at me And I suddenly realised that this kid has actually been watching his dad. He's been taking things on board and here he is replicating for the good, the bad and the ugly what he's seen his father do. And you know, it's an amazing discovery to know that while, yeah, you have been shaped, all of us, by our relationship with our Father here on earth, God gives us a great invitation. He says, would you come to your Father in heaven who desires to imprint His image and identity and understanding of you and who you are. God welcomes you and I, not into a religion, but into a relationship. Not into a hierarchy, but into a family. That is the heartbeat of God. Could you give that God some praise? Um, In John chapter 1 and verse 12, uh, it's talking about you know, Jesus and His birth. And it says, yet to all who received Him, this is talking about the birth of Jesus and the life of Jesus, to all who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. I I love that. To all who received Him, and that's God's great invitation to you and me. Anybody can receive Jesus. And to all who received him. How do you receive him? You receive him by just believing in his name. So it's not even complicated. If you believe in Jesus, then you receive Jesus. And to all who believed him, those who received, those who received, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Isn't that amazing? Check out this next half. Children born not of natural descent. It's pretty easy to become a biological father. That's what the Bible's saying. It's just, you know, (laughs) glossing right over it. But children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but children born of God. You know, I mean, man, you know, I like my own children, and I love every child above the age of three. I, but, but beneath three, before they really do stuff, you know, I kiss them. I'd be a nice person, you know. But I like them once they do things, once they reciprocate affection. You know what I'm talking about? But God say, man, God isn't limiting His children to just those who were, were chosen by a dad or you know, those who somebody wanted to have because they felt like something was missing in their life. The Bible says that if you believe in God, if you believe and you receive Jesus, then God gives you the right to become one of His children. Why? Because that is the will of God for you and me. He wants to be your Father. He desires you to know Him. He is a Father who just says, I'm anchoring my identity in this non-negotiable. I am a loving Father. That's who your God is. And you know, Ricky Baker, we were watching Hunt for the Wilder of People this week with a bunch of the leaders here at rise. And I love that movie. It's so good. I didn't choose the Scucks Life. The Skucks Life chose me, you know. And uh, we're watching watching the movie uh, Hunt for the World of People and you know Ricky Baker's got that awesome line in the middle of it where he says, I've never had a family. And God says, you know what? You can be part of my family. I wanna be your father. That is the heartbeat of God. You know, God is saying to you and me, this is the gift of Christmas, to know that God has a strong desire to be a father in our lives. A heavenly Father. Not a flawed one, but a perfect one. Not a finite one, but an infinite one. Not not a flawed one, but one that is able to live the ultimate image of what a father looks like. You've got a perfect dad. Isn't that amazing? One time I was walking backstage here at this venue, which is the St. James Theatre, where we're having church. And there was a choir backstage. There's a whole team of people back here at the St. James Theater who take this message and broadcast it everywhere. I'm pretty sure they can take over small countries back there, too. <laughs> Donald Trump's hiring them next week, you know. <laughs> Got plans for Taiwan. I'm just joking. But anyway. Um, but you know, the, I mean, we're walking through there, and it's like, there must have been about 50 people in, in a very dark area, in a dark space. And of course, I'm the senior pastor, you know, so I'm walking through there, and, and everybody's saying hello and hi, and they say things like Pastor John occasionally around here. And, and so I'm walking through, and people are like, hi, John, hi, Pastor John, hi, John, you know, as we're walking through. And Will was walking with me, and he was about maybe six years old. And as we're walking through the 60 or 70 people who are all recognizing me, he looks up and he goes, Dad, you you must be really important because a lot of people know who you are, you know? And and, and I was kind of chuffed about that as his dad, you know? But have you ever stopped to consider that the person who wants to hold your hand and walk through every moment of life with you It's not a pastoral figure or a a, a boss or a, you know. The guy who's wanting to hold your hand is your Father in Heaven. He's really, really important. And He can open doors and people know who He is. And He's got favour for you. And He wants you to spend so much time with Him that you start to emulate His behaviours, that you start to understand that you're not a nobody, you're a somebody, that you're not at the bottom of the pile, you're at the top, that you count, your life's significant, that God values you. And I don't think there is a greater gift than anybody can get this Christmas than to understand that you have an everlasting Father who wants to be intimately involved in every moment and in every day of your life. I reckon we can give God some praise that He's our everlasting Father. How about we also give God some praise because He made you. Amen. Can we do that right now? Come on. Um, You know, there are four things as the band come and join me in every location that I think we just got to remember about God as our everlasting Father. Four things I want you to know. Listen, man, maybe you're new to church and maybe you're just sussing this whole thing out or maybe you've been on the journey for a while. Let me just get really straight and just help you understand about what God's saying when He's saying, I'm your everlasting Father. And the first thing God's saying is He's saying, I'm always there. Um, I'm using my boy too many times because half of these illustrations are just popping out the message, but but this one was planned. Will uh, is my son. He's really into the, the outdoors. Now, you've got to know about me that I'm a nerd. I, I do my best to put nerd in a trendy package. I, I fail often, but I, I do my very best to not put a hindrance in the way of the gospel, you know? But I'm just a nerd. I got saved when I was 18 years old, and I just basically spent from that moment I found Jesus for the rest of my life just studying the Bible and working. That's all I've ever done, you know? And so now my dad, I'm having to learn new things. So Will's like, I, I wanna go and stay you know, out in the wild for the night. You know, he's been, he's been watching Bear grills on television. I'm not sure whether that's a good thing or a bad thing when you've got a dad like me. So I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So um, there's a true story. I got my assistant, Tanya, to find me a place to take him because I don't even know where to look, you know. And she's given me maps and, you know. Then I'm like, okay, it's still not quite safe enough. So I flew my brother, uh, you know, who... Did kind of live a life, and, and Luca, my nephew, uh, up you know from from Christchurch to help me, and we went off on this guys like overnight trip. And on the eve of going, I realized I have no idea what I'm doing. What are you even What are you even supposed to pack for this trip? So I got online on the Thursday morning and I downloaded a YouTube video. With <laughs> I'm embarrassed, but it was a girl on this YouTube video. I'm sorry, is that sexist? But it was a girl. Uh, doing this video on what to take when you go to the great outdoors. No guy is ever gonna make that video because they assume that some other man told them. So I'm, I'm grateful for this girl. So I watched this video and she's like, this is what you should take when you go on the great outdoors. And so, so I got the video and, um, and I, I, had a, I had a whole lot of things I hadn't thought about. And one of them was it said, everybody going on the trip should have a whistle. Because if you get lost in the wild, you can blow your whistle and people can come find you. So I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So I got up the next morning on the Friday and I went to the sports store and I said, I I need to buy a whistle, but I want one that no matter whether it's wet, no matter whether it's been run over, it's still gonna work. And so I I bought this whistle and then I bought a lanyard and I gave it to Will and I said, Will, you can go go off trail with Luca, your 14-year-old cousin, but you gotta keep wearing... This whistle, everywhere you go, you got to wear the whistle. And I'll tell you why because I'm not everywhere. And, and, and we got out there into the wild, and my cell phone wasn't working. And that is not cool, by the way, you know? Like, if I'm going to be a long way away from people, at least give me GPS, you know? <laughs> like, just something, 2G at least, but nothing, nothing um you know yeah no instagram young people no instagram it's it's rough out there in the wild and and uh, and, and and kind of just dawned on me that even though i'm not everywhere god is always there some uh, sorry matthew 28:20 20, this is the last thing jesus said i am with you always i'm with you always hebrews 13.5, God said, I will never leave you. And I will never I will never fail you. And I will never abandon you. Isn't that two amazing words? Your heavenly Father will never fail you. And He will never abandon you. He's always there. I'm only going to do the second one then I'm going to stop because I'm way over time. But here's the second thing. You need to know about your Heavenly Father, that not only is He always there, but He's always willing. He's always willing. You know what I've discovered about fatherhood is that there's a lot of demands on your time. Kids are always like, you know, can you, will you, let's do, you know. And maybe you got to a place where you just started to question whether God's willing to engage with you. Well, in in getting ready for this message, I just began to read the stories that Jesus told. Most of Jesus' sermons were stories. And there's one overwhelming theme of Jesus' stories. And do you know what it is? That your heavenly Father is willing. One day he told a story about a father who had two kids. And one of the kids was like a good kid, but the other kid was wild. And he he said, I want all my money and I'm going to take off. And he left the family and squandered everything he had. And then after wasting all of his father's work and the opportunities that were available to him and his family, he said, man, I'm gonna go home and ask my dad for a job. He was starving, he was broke. He said, at least I could become one of his servants. And the Bible says that when he got still a long way off, his father, Saw him in the distance and he ran. And the kid starts his speech. Dad, I'm no longer willing to be called your son. And in the middle of his sentence, the father just cuts him off, starts speaking to his other servants. And he's like, quick, bring a robe and put it on him. Bring a ring and put it on his finger. Bring him some sandals and put them on his feet. Take the best animal we've got and kill it and let's eat. Because this son of mine, he was lost, but now he's found. He was dead, but now he's alive again. I mean, he told the story of a lost coin, of an an unjust judge. He told stories after stories to just emphasize one thing. Your Father in heaven has always been willing to receive His children and to welcome you back. And no matter who you are, man, if you're hearing this message today, it's earth-shattering to realise that God's your heavenly Father and not dependent upon performance or current-day morality or even Christian disciplines, God still is always there and always willing. He wants to help you. He wants to comfort, to care, to nurture, to guide, to protect, to interact. He's a Father in heaven. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor John Cameron. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church, check out AriseChurch.com or find us on YouTube.